eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons the world are charging in fact wasabi is up to 80 percent less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data from wasabi's ai enabled intelligent media storage wasabi air to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals data deletion and ransomware wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. It's the amazing Rico Bronia podcast with your host, Evan Roberts. All right, let's just do it. Very, 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 very sad day in Met history. December 2nd, 2022, Jacob deGrom signing with the Texas Rangers. It was a very surreal feeling for me. I was in Brooklyn at a Nets game. And I got a DM from a guy, and the guy DMs me, Jake to Texas. So I very quickly go on Twitter, and I I don't see anything. I don't don't see anything that's going on. So I DM the guy back, and I say, is this a rumor, or is is this a spoiler? Like, what are you doing? And I'm telling you, within four minutes of that, and I'm at the Nets game, and I'm feeling good. I even texted a buddy of mine, like, this is fun. The Nets were up by 30, you know, eight minutes into the game. Everything's going great. Within four minutes of that DM, I go on Twitter because now I'm alert. Now I'm active. And I see the pass and tweet. And my first reaction was to just click on it and make sure it was really him. So there was that like three second moment of fake account, fake account, fake account, fake account, fake account. And I see it's real. And oh my God, like, um, like a freaking punch in the balls. And I had said on the air recently that my initial reaction was going to be anger, I think. I think I think that's what I said. I can't even think straight. That I'd be pissed. I'd be pissed at Cohen. I'd be pissed at the Mets. And my first reaction would be just to curse everybody out. And that really wasn't it. I was <laughs> devastated. Just like, oh, you kidding me? Really? And the sadness lasted 
most of the game to the point where I had to leave the game. <laughs> I had to leave the game. We're recording this podcast. The net game isn't even over yet because as they're destroying the Raptors and as my brain is just melting, thinking about DeGrom in Texas, that's all I could think about, not replacing him, just DeGrom in Texas, simple man being played at whatever that stupid stadium is called, Globe Life Stadium. As this is happening, I'm thinking to myself, I don't even want to be at this game anymore. I got to leave. I got to get the hell out of here. I texted my wife. I said, I'm I'm very upset Jake left. Texted Hoffman. I said, Pete, Jake's gone. Did you know, by the way, when I texted you, or were you already aware? No, I was actually uh, bringing my child to the bath. So I was uh, pleasantly surprised when you were telling me that things were happening. Oh, really? So I broke the news to you? Yeah, no, it sucked. Oh, <laughs> dude, awful. I'm sorry. I wish I could have done it in a more delicate way. I really could have. I wish I could have. Your message was was your message was this brutal, and I'm like, <laughs> this. I I clearly know what this is going to be about. I mean, I'm just waiting to find out which rumor was. And the funny thing is, I didn't see it right away. I had to dig to find it. Oh, I'm sorry. I apologize. I'm sure everybody's got like examples of that where someone writes a code word and you can't even figure it out. Well, I'll tell you what I texted Loogie. Okay, so I went through just. I swear to God, I had no idea there was a basketball game going on in front of me at this point. Now I'm just off doing texting my wife, texting off. Uh, I'm going to say a curse word, so I just want to warn everybody. Bad word is coming. I texted Loogie one word, and that word was fuck. That was it. That was the There was nothing. So, like, I think I was going through the Rolodex of words of pain as I'm letting people know that I saw this. I texted another friend of mine who's a Yankee fan, but like a good Yankee fan, like a guy who gets it, gets fandom. I just wrote, I'm devastated. And that's the truth, man. I'm devastated. I I don't know if at the end of this podcast we're going to break down replacements or break down anything rational. That probably is a different podcast because right now the feeling is, God damn, he's not a Met. And, you know, anyone else who doesn't get it, there's a lot of people who don't get it. I don't think anyone listening to this doesn't get it. You're Met fans. So, you know, maybe you're a Met fan who's not that devastated. I could understand that. We all have different guys that maybe we like and maybe we don't like. But you're going to see this common theme from guys and gals that don't get it. And what they're going to say is, well, it's a, it's a five-year contract with a six-year option. They were being smart. Shut the hell up. I mean, that's not the point right now. I'm not even saying it's wrong necessarily when you break down the contract, but I'm not looking at this saying, oh, they couldn't have given him a five-year deal. He's Jacob DeGrom. He is, besides Seaver, the greatest pitcher in the history of this franchise. He had a chance to do something even Tom Seaver couldn't do, pitch his entire career with the New York Mets. So here's the angry part of me. Because I was devastated. I am devastated. That's the emotion I had for the first, I don't know, 12 minutes. But then I got pissed. And I'll tell you exactly how I'm pissed and why I'm pissed. And if it's not rational, F off. I don't care. That's what this podcast is for. Being irrational fans. We'll be rational some other time. When this guy bought the team, we had the belief this would never happen. That even if it's an overpay, 
They will take care of their guys. They won't lose their guys. We won't lose our guys. Forget about adding free agents. That's great. That's a luxury. But more than that, what happened with Zach Wheeler a few years ago wouldn't happen again. What happened with Jose Reyes a decade ago wouldn't happen again. Wasn't necessarily Wilpon related because it was a different ownership group, but what happened to Tom Seaver wouldn't happen again. What happened to Daryl Strawberry wouldn't happen again because there's too much of this. It's been littered in our history. Too much of guys who could have been franchise icons leaving. And I know it's all for different reasons. I get it. They're all different in their own way. But that was my belief. That was my hope, that this wouldn't happen again. And before you scream at the podcast speaker, that doesn't make sense. Before you scream at wherever you're listening to my voice, Jake didn't want to be here. And that's going to be a common retort. And maybe it's true. I can't tell you Jake wanted to be here. The fact that DeGrom didn't give the Mets a a last chance is going to be ample evidence to say DeGrom wanted out and maybe he did. But maybe the Mets shouldn't have sat there with the fingers up their ass, not being aggressive in negotiating. What What a concept. And I wasn't defending it last week, but I explained what I thought was going on to Lugie and Hoff. I said, they're playing hardball. They don't think DeGrom has a big-time offer out there. So they may win out and only get him on a two- or three-year deal. But they're playing a dangerous game. And we all knew it was a dangerous game. And they got screwed because they played the game. Ah, you you got you ain't getting a four-year deal. <laughs> Not getting a four-year deal. You got a five-year deal with an option on a sixth. But maybe instead of negotiating in an arrogant way, in a... We'll take our time way. And how do I know this is true? Because all the little leaks over the last few hours and minutes is the Mets were blindsided. Well, why were they blindsided? Were they aggressive with their own guy? Were they talking with their own guy? Were they making a big offer with their own guy? Or were they sitting back arrogantly thinking, oh, he'll come back to us. Remember that BS they leaked out? If it's close, he'll stay. I don't trust this franchise anymore. Why should we with the way this thing was handled? And I don't want to hear any of these BS leaks. First of all, I know we're on SNY. I don't want to hear from SNY. I I already got messages from friends saying, you're not going to believe what they're saying. Uh, Martino said this is a good thing. Shut the hell up. It's a good thing? Don't report about the Mets. Don't talk about the Mets. Go away. It's a good thing. It's a great thing. It's fantastic. We're so lucky. Shut up. Look, the Mets may have lost him even if they were aggressive. I understand that. Jake may not have wanted to be here. I'm not saying that's not possible, but maybe, maybe you should have talked to him early and often and made big offers as opposed to God. I don't know what they offered him, but I'm telling you right now, I assume it wasn't great. And I assume they allowed Jacob DeGrom to go down the road with Texas, deep down the road with Texas to where they end up giving him this five-year deal. I'm not arguing a five-year deal is great. I'm merely saying based on the last few weeks and the things that were leaked out and the things the Mets wanted to put out there for us, Oh, if it's close, he'll be back. We're confident. 
There's no market for Jake, except there was, and you lost. And so while I trust that they're going to spend, and we'll get to that at some point, and they'll try to replace Jacob DeGrom with high-end starting pitchers, the thing I don't trust is that you had a franchise icon. You had him. You didn't draft him. You didn't develop him. You didn't. You inherited him. And you effed it up. And so that's why eventually the anger comes back to me. Am I angry at Jacob DeGrom? Here's why I'm not angry at Jacob DeGrom. First of all, if he wanted to leave, he wanted to leave. Honestly. The guy's got a family. He doesn't want to pitch in New York anymore. He doesn't want to pitch in New York anymore. All right? It is what it is. But I'm not angry at him because he ended up getting a five-year deal with a sixth-year option. The Mets are now going to leak out. We never even had a chance to match it. We don't know what we would have offered. You don't know what you would have offered? Well, then you're unprepared buffoons if you didn't know what you would have offered. You should know what you were going to offer. So I know there's going to be a lot of Mets fans mad at the ground. You'd be mad at the ground. I'm not mad at the ground. I'm not. Got a great offer and he left. And he probably got treated, you know, by the Mets over the last few weeks as if, yeah, we kind of want you back on our terms. And really what scares me, because I was talking to one other buddy of mine who's a great Met fan, likes DeGrom, but was okay with him leaving because his rationale was, you don't pay for the past, you pay for the future. And while I agree with that when it comes to free agents from other teams, like when you pay Max Scherzer, you're paying what you think he's going to give you over the next three years. I think it is a little bit different when you have a franchise icon. Because besides, yes, you want him to be healthy and you want him to pitch well and you want him to contribute for your team, you're also paying for the fact that now he gets to be a career member of your team. And there's a value to that. There's an importance to that. And what kills me as a fan is, A, I admit he was my favorite player, and I don't have a lot of favorite players. I'm a grown damn man, but even as a kid, I didn't have a lot of favorite players. And it's a reminder that, man, in this day and age, what the hell's the point of having a favorite player? I mean, seriously, there's a good chance they're going to freaking leave. Or there's a good chance that ownership's going to F it up and they're going to let him leave. So I think what I've explained in these 10 minutes is the two emotions I had. Devastation, sadness, which I still have, and then a little bit of anger towards the Mets. Now, I admit, we record a podcast in four days. Maybe that anger subsides. I, I, I can't necessarily say that all this anger and vitriol I have right now is going to be with me in five days, but that's why it's important to record these podcasts immediately because I think a lot of Met fans feel that way right now. Maybe some of them don't, but that's the way I feel. All right, Hoff, go ahead. What's going through your head right now? All right, so I've been sitting on this since you texted me and I was bathing my child, so thank you again for ruining that moment. In my You're life. welcome. But, uh, dude, I am just as fierce as you are. Anybody that thinks that, that Jacob DeGrom, for the amount of money that he made, whether it was for five years, six years, whatever, is better off not being on the New York Mets, that the Mets are better off without him being here because of way too much money, they're idiots. I'm sorry. The guy is the best pitcher in the league. He's not on the team. The Mets are now worse off. It doesn't make a difference if it's Verlander. doesn't make a difference if it's Rodon. doesn't make a difference if Bassett. Get all three. They're not going to replace Jacob DeGrom for a lot of different reasons. This sucks. This is terrible. And I, I, like you said, the anger comes not at Jacob DeGrom. I love him. 
the Mets were never – I keep on hearing, I go, what offer word did they have ready to go? I heard, oh, they had like, you know, a three-year, $40 million. That's not even close. It's embarrassing. And that scares me for this offseason. Like, you're right. I, maybe in four days it'll change. But if they sign Verlander for a year or two, that's not going to change a lot. Like, I'm still going to be freaking pissed off. Like, oh, good, we got a year or two of an old guy that we have no idea how long his arms are stay on for. Like, that's not replacing Jacob DeGrom. And it concerns me because all I keep on hearing is Mets aren't in on Aaron Judge. Excuse me? So you weren't in on the best pitcher in baseball. You're not on, in on the best hitter in baseball. What are you in on? A bunch of scrubs? Are you going to try to back into the playoffs like the Phillies did this year? Because that, that they got to the World Series, but that wasn't purposeful. Are we punting on the season going for Otani? Like, all the shit I hear about is not about this year. It's about next year. That's gross, dude. I'm embarrassed. Like, like this is Wilpon-esque nonsense. I don't have patience for that crap anymore, Ev. I really don't. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Well, I, I don't know how they could salvage this offseason in a way in which you feel like they're a better team. Because despite the fact that Jake didn't make a full slate of starts last year, when we talked about the Mets all year and we talked about their playoff chances all year, we always came back to Scherzer and DeGrom, DeGrom and Scherzer. The Randy Johnson, Kurt Schilling one-two punch. That's what it always came back to. The thing that made the Mets different, the thing that made the Mets a championship contender wasn't their lineup was the fact that they had this one-two punch of DeGrom and Scherzer. And obviously it didn't work, you know, Scherzer, mainly because of Scherzer. Let's face it, DeGrom won his one playoff start. I mean, not that he dominated, but he did win his one playoff start. Scherzer was booed off the mound. And I've tried to think about pivoting into what would I do now? Verlander, Senga, Bassett, Radone a trade for Burns or Woodruff, whatever you want to come up with. And the truth is, whatever it is, and I'll come up with what I think they should do. You'll come up with what you think they should do. It's not as good as the best pitcher in baseball. And that's what he's been. And I'm not ready to just assume he's not that guy anymore because of the time he's missed over the last year. That doesn't mean he's going to miss all this time in 2023, 2024, and 2025. I can't make that assumption. So. It's tough to believe, besides the emotional impact of losing a franchise icon, it's tough to believe that this team's going to get better. And the other thing is, and you're going to hear this a lot, we're already hearing it, he didn't want to be here. He didn't want to be here. He couldn't wait to leave because he didn't give the Mets the last chance 
to kind of match. And while I wish he did, isn't it possible that a part of why he didn't is because of the fact they didn't make him a big offer? That any offer they made, if they made one, may have been so far off from what he eventually got from Texas, which I read year one, he's making $30 million. So he's taking a pay cut. And then it goes to 40, 40, 37, something like that. And then there's this vesting option for the sixth year. And so what also scares me about this, let's just assume he didn't want to be here garbage, which of course is going to be just regurgitated and repeated, is that where's that coming from? It's coming from the Mets. The Mets are leaking out that they did not get a chance to match the last offer, which I'm not denying. And you could look at it two ways. He didn't want to be here. The other thing is they weren't close. So I can't just assume what the Mets want me to assume, which is he didn't want to be here. He's a loser who went to Texas and they didn't win a lot of games last year and they suck. So DeGrom's a loser of him. And by the way, that may be the majority of Mets fans who are going to buy that crap and repeat it. And I'm yeah, just, I'm not accepting gar- that. That's, that's garbage. I'll tell you, tell you why it's garbage. Because like you said, someone made a point of when the Mets checked in on DeGrom, but they felt that he was, I don't remember who said this, and I don't know even if it's true, but he was so far close to signing with the, the Rangers, they didn't even bother making a final offer. Once by the time they did learn that it was that, that deep into it, into the negotiations. But again, if you recall him signing with the Mets the first time around, it was a really reasonable extension. Like it wasn't this over the top type of offer. It, he wanted to stay here. He tried to stay here. He's not that dude who wants to be toyed with. It's plain and simple. All right. So what I read is the Mets offered a DeGrom from Joe Sherman. So here's the offers. Now we can at least put some kind of facts to what they offered and what he ended up taking was three years, $120 million. Three years, 120. The sides were talking on Thursday. There was no back and forth on Friday. So there was no last chance to top him. And they basically found out, oh, he's getting a five-year deal and he's going to Texas. And here's the problem. While financially it's close, in years, it's not. that. I mean, a five-year deal versus a three-year deal is not very close. Evan, 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 this is so stupid. I understand that the Mets signed last year uh, Max Scherzer for what? A three-year, $130 million contract. It was, ooh, amazing. But Scherzer was older. He wasn't your freaking homegrown talent. What are they doing? What? I'm sorry. They dropped the ball on this. They did. Epler dropped the ball. This is gross. Yeah, and the other thing is the money in Texas is different than the money in New York because of the no state income tax. So the 37 per year is probably different than the 40 per year from New York. So that the Rangers had a far superior offer, a far superior offer. And the thing that kills me about the years is that if he's good for the next two or three years, and I believe he will be, like that's, and I believe he will be in Texas. I'm not going to change my opinion because he's on a different team. Then we're not going to freak out about year four and year five. It's going to be the twilight of an iconic Met. Think about this. How many Met fans complained, and this is with the Wilpons owning the team, by the way, 
about David Wright's horrendous contract. And it really turned out to be one of the most horrendous contracts ever handed out. They signed him to, what was it, like an eight-year contract after the 2012 season? Like a huge, ridiculous contract. It was a long one, yeah. And it didn't work. David had the back issues. And besides being able to be healthy enough to contribute in 2015, which was great, it turned out to be a complete negative contract. And no one talks about it. No one cares about it. Why? Because he was an iconic Met. That's why. And we were okay with it. So this is just, it sucks, man. Now I'm going back to the sad part. I've already given you enough of the angry stuff. I'm just, man, it's it's sad. It's very, very sad. When you look at the history of this franchise and how rare it is to see a guy spend his whole career with one team, and you look at the history of the Mets, I mean, who are the guys who have spent their entire career with this team? It's David Wright and it's Ed Cranepool. And here's the thing about David Wright and Ed Cranepool. Fine players, okay? Not Hall of Famers. They're not. They're not even very close. David had a chance. He got hurt. He's not a Hall of Famer. This guy, in my opinion, gets to Cooperstown. And, and by the way, he's going to wear a Met hat when he goes to Cooperstown. So for every Met fan who's mother-effing him and hating him, just realize he's going to wear a Met hat in Cooperstown. He's going to get his number retired. And about nine years from now, you're probably going to give him a standing ovation when he comes back to Old Timers Day, if he comes back. Because remember, he hates New York. So he may never come back. He may say, screw it. Just mail me a, you know, a letter saying I was going to Old Timers Day. Mail me the picture of the 48 that's retired. But I really have no interest in coming back because New York sucks. I hate it so much. I'm never coming back. But that's the part that kills me. It's so rare to have an iconic Met. And I keep thinking back to that day in August when he returned against the Braves at City Field. And he comes out to the mound, there's buzz in the crowd, simple man's playing. And I think I tweeted it out at the time, or maybe I made the comment the next day on the fan. I said, you can't let this man pitch for another team. You can't let that happen. And to me, it's okay to be stupid when it comes to your own guy. I've said that about Aaron Judge with the Yankees. You know I'm not a Yankee fan, but I'm always honest about how I know I'd feel as a fan. I think it's important to try to put yourself in other people's shoes. And I feel that way about Aaron Judge. I'm sorry I'm not letting a couple of years, a long time from now, affect me having an iconic player remain with my team. And that's why, yes, Five years sounds crazy. Oh, my God. The guy's barely pitched. But I think when we're talking about our own guy, your guy, to me, it's less crazy. It just is. Uh, uh, a couple yeah. things here. Yeah. First of all, I'm going to put a little blame on you. You had an opportunity this year to talk to Steve, and you didn't do it. And I think that that would have changed things, okay? <laughs> well, uh, as you recall, when I met Steve Cohen on that wonderful night, <laughs> I thought about bringing it up, just yes. pay Jacob DeGrom, and I decided not to. I thought it would have been awkward, and Craig agreed it would have been awkward. But you're right. It's a regret I have. I should have at least said it because then I could say, hey, guys, I tried. Right, because now think about this, how awkward it's going to be next time you see Uncle Stevie. When you talk to me, hey, Steve, that was awesome letting Jacob DeGrom go. Thank you. Yeah, I'll say this. And I, I am confident he'll spend. 
That's why the one thing I'll disagree with you about is while I may not trust this ownership as much as I did two days ago or six hours ago, I do think they're going to spend. Now, that doesn't mean I think this team's going to be better going into opening day than it was last year. It's not. I'd be stunned by that. I, I'm trying to think what could they do at this point after losing to Grom that would make me say, I feel great about this offseason. It would be very difficult to pull that off. But they're going to spend. They're going to spend a lot of money. So I'm mad at Cohen and I'm mad at the Mets that they let this happen. But they haven't quite entered Wilpon territory, even though they have for you there, Hoff. Uh, just also another thing, I think social media for the Mets should take this down ASAP. About five hours ago, uh, the Mets tweeted out Escobar running the bases and, uh, and the, the tag was heading into the weekend, like as he's pumped and excited. So I think they should take that down rather <laughs> soon because they're going to get a lot of hate for that. Cause I ain't happy. I'm pissed. And you can tell me that they're going to spend money. All I'm thinking right now is Trey Turner, not going to get him. Aaron judge, not going to get him. Oh, what? So we can get these level down level like, like Jacob DeGrom is on a tier of his own I could say Justin Verlander a couple of years ago was on that tier I don't put him on that tier for a lot of different reasons because Jake for five years is different than Justin Verlander for one they're gonna they're gonna get Justin Verlander I mean I, I as I sit here right now as we record this on the infamous night that they lost Jacob DeGrom December 2nd 2022 that is my prediction and I think I thought not that I thought it, but I have mentioned in the past, if they lose to Grom, they're going to get Verlander. I've said that before, and that's what's going to happen. And what we're going to end up doing, I'm going to give you a prediction, is we're going to end up rationalizing it. We're going to end up saying, all right, I wish we had Jake, but Justin Verlander, Hall of Famer, Cy Young, 2022, let's go. Like, that's what we're going to do. Now, the problem is he's 40. Like, you're right. Yeah. I mean, it's a, a much bigger concern. To me, Verlander 40, even coming off a Cy Young season, is a bigger concern than DeGrom, who's coming off two straight seasons in which he didn't pitch a full year. 100%. Like, who do I have more confidence in making 30 starts or close to 30 starts and being the more dominant pitcher? To me, the answer is Jake. No question about it. Like, DeGrom was the number one option. He was the number 1A, 1B, 1C, 1D, 1E. But I'm telling you right now, I have a very strong feeling Verlander will be a Met, and I've thought that for months if they lost to Grom because it's an easy pivot point. Because here's what's going to happen, Pete. The Mets made an offer to Grom, according to Joe Sherman, that was three years, $120 million. I'm not saying it's going to be the same, but they'll get Verlander for a little bit less than that. They will. Uh, and this is, the, this is the debate. This is the issue is that we're sitting here going, they're going to go and get Justin Verlander for less money, and he's just as good. He just won a World Series. And if I recall Max Scherzer last year, barely could pitch towards the end of the season. We have to rely on him. I don't trust it. And Justin Verlander is getting old too. So we have two guys now that we really can't trust because they're age. But what yet? But I had to sit there and, and, and cry about Jacob DeGrom coming back because that was too much to bring him back. I, like It's all bad. Like, none of these options are good. If you can tell me Jacob DeGrom isn't good, there's no option that's better. And you could say, listen, if it's, it's not going to be just Verlander. It's going to be multiple pitchers. That's what I'm gathering. Well, it's, no, no, 100%. No, no doubt about it. And I think it was always going to be multiple pitchers because Taiwan Walker and Chris Bassett are also free agents. So 
Uh, so my initial reaction, I was driving home from this Nets game that I left early for. The Nets did win, thank God, because that would have just been a, let's pile on the evening here. Um, Verlander, just, just I guess, sign him. <laughs> I'm, coming. Now, I'm not inspired by it, but just fine. Just bring him in. Get him done. Two years, $80 million, call it a day. And then the other thing that's key to me is Code Singa. That's the that's the guy I would want. Probably more than Carlos Rodon, though it's close. Rodon is similar age to Senga. Senga's 29. He's about to turn 30. Rodon's coming off a great year. You've always loved him, Hoff. Biggest concern about Rodon is staying healthy, which he was mostly able to do last year, but before that was never healthy. What's appealing about Senga is the unknown. It's true. It's the he's 30. Maybe he's going to be even better than we think because in Japan, the guy was money. Guy goes out last year and pitches to a 2.25 ERA. That's pretty damn good. So maybe he comes over here in the first couple of years and it translates. And maybe he is a dominant, dominant pitcher. And as a third starter behind two veterans, two very, very old veterans, very old veterans, very, very, very effing old veterans, I'm intrigued by that. So that's my initial reaction. Just go sign for I, I don't even say it with enthusiasm. It's like, go sign Verlander. Just for, Verlander. Okay. And then go get me Kodai Senga. But Evan. For like, what? This, I'm sorry. He's he, gone. There's nothing we can do. I get it. But there's no, but, but that's the point. Is there's nothing we could do. And the team's still going to get worse. This team is, I agree. No matter what happens. The the moves we're talking about is we're gonna go get a couple pitchers and they're gonna they're replacing Degrom and Bassett and and Tyler Walker with these two pitchers and whatever else to choose to do. The team hasn't freaking got better. No, they I agree. haven't. Att- dude, they, and even they bring back Nimmo. What do you freaking do? The team is still not better. It this is this is. I'm sorry. This is a disgusting ploy at trying to get Otani in 2024. It's a freaking punt of a year. Epler should be freaking fired. Well, then it's not a worse? it's not a punt of a year if you're going it out is. and signing the guy who won the Cy Young last year and giving him thirty eight million dollars. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I agree they're not getting better. Like I said to you before, I I don't see a roadmap where we're going to spring training or opening day feeling as if they've gotten better, feeling as if they've improved this roster. Like, I agree with you, but what what, is, what do you do? Shut it down and just say, screw it? I mean, no. you still have to go out and try to do as much as you can, even if we're both going to say, 
I don't feel like this was a great off season. I mean, what, but, but, I, but, but I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand the fashion. Like I get it. Shohei Otani is a special guy. And that's what you've been talking about for a while. You've been saying they're in on Otani. That's why maybe they're, they're really just not looking at judge. That's why it makes sense for them to just move to next year. And, and just kind of cut and paste this year. It's not a, it's, it's not enough for me. I'm sorry. Every, the, the, to me, Steve Cohen gets five years. He said there was a five-year window to win. If if this is a cut-and-paste year and it's already downhill and I don't trust it, uh, I, I don't see this team being an improved team. It means they're not going to be a World Series Canadian team. It means that they only have two years left and 2024 bringing in Shoatani is not going to be enough either. You have to, be, you have to say, let's get – Let's make improvements on everywhere. We still have issues with the offense, and we're not going to even focus on that. Uh, they're not going to do anything with that. Like, like that to me is a problem. I don't think the offense was ever going to be targeted, whether Degrom was back or not. Like, I don't. But, like I said that to you before. Problem, that dude, that's a problem. Well, I, but but I think right now the key is how do you replace Jake? How do you? Make this rotation, which was the strength of the team last year and supposed to be the thing that made it special going into the playoffs last year, how do you make that special? And right now, here are the options. Because DeGrom's gone. I could cry about it for the next six weeks. It ain't going to change it. You know, I I said my piece on where I blame the Mets. A lot of people are going to blame DeGrom. It's over. He's not walking through that door. And he has a full no-trade clause, which means he would never accept a trade to the Mets because he hates New York. It's the most disgusting city in the world to him, right? So all we can do is pivot as much as it sucks. And so when you look at who's available in free agency as starting pitching, when you look at the guys who may be available via trades, and that means trading significant prospects. By the way, we have an episode coming up with Joe DeMeo in which we go deep into the Met Farm system. What would you do? Like, forget the offense for a second. I totally get where you're coming from. We've kind of disagreed about that going into the offseason. You want to go heavy after Trey Turner, go get some at-bats. I'm actually okay with retaining Nimmo and giving at-bats to Alvarez and Beatty and Vientos. But let's put that aside. They lost Jacob DeGrom. Pains me to even say it out loud. They have. How do you replace him? Go. I mean, besides the fact that you can't, I would say I. It sucks. I. I you. You're right. Verlander is the best, I guess, available pitcher available. Dude, I don't even know. I. I don't. I don't like it. I don't trust that Verlander's going to stay healthy. I'm sorry. What do you want him right to now. do? Oh, hold on. I. I get that. Like, I didn't want Verlander over Degrom. I'm not thrilled about it, even though he's a future Hall of Famer and Kate Upton's going to be great in this town. Like. What do you want them to do? Because now this is the part of the podcast where we got to give answers. So okay. give me a freaking answer. What are you doing now in the rotation? Go get Zach Gallon. Go get Zach Gallon from Arizona. Go get some. Go go make a trade for a pitcher that's actually going to give you that actually going to give you life on the ball. That's going to be productive. That's not getting a, a huge contract because we already seen how huge contract pitchers, pitchers that's not for huge contracts, don't always perform well over here. So why are we going to do that? Trade for someone who's actually good. Go get a Woodruff. Go go make a trade for a Woodruff. Hey, the Brewers are active right now in the market. Yes. Let's make a trade for them. Yeah, so here's why I disagree with you. But I appreciate you at least giving an answer. <laughs> you I welcome. was afraid you were going to have no answers. Like, screw no, it. I got I answers. No, I have answers. I, have, I always have answers. My, my reasoning right now for 
just go F it and sign Verlander. Sign Radon, that's fine. Kode Senga, I'm intrigued by. Really, those three guys. Now, you've got Verlander, you've got Radon, you've got Senga. Get two of the three guys. Forget Bassett. See you later. It's been fun. It's been real, Chris. Thanks for the time. We'll see you later. Taiwan Walker, whatever. Two of those three guys, Verlander, Senga, Radon. You get two of them. Okay, and like I said to you a while ago, I forget what the podcast was or why I even said it. The pitching now for the next few years is all going to be interchangeable. They don't have a lot of top-ready, top-line starting pitchers in their system. They've got guys that are many, many years away. So for the next three, four years, you are, your term, cutting and pasting in this rotation. And right now, the best available pitchers are Verlander, Radon, and Senga. Go freaking Get them. In a year or two, hello, Max Freed. Go get him. Like, that's where they're going to have to spend money. And we always knew they were going to have to spend money that way. Whether it was retaining DeGrom or not, it was always going to be spending on top-line pitching. So right now, maybe my brain will tell me something different in a few days. Verlander, Senga, Radon. Three high-end starting pitchers. None of them are DeGrom. We all understand that. Go get two of them. That's where I'm at right now. I don't want to trade prospects. I don't want to trade anybody. I really don't. You know, maybe there's a deal out there I would do, but Zach Gallen, Brandon Woodruff, not not really. I don't want to trade Francisco Alvarez. I don't want to trade Kevin Pareda. I don't want to trade... Uh, Ronnie Mauricio may be fine. He's had a huge <laughs> winter league. Maybe he's got some value. But I don't want to do that. I'd rather just buy a couple of arms. That would be my course of action. So if that's the case, then, if that's – and, again, I actually prefer – I like what you originally said. I, if you're going to do that, Verlander, Sanger, the two guys I've been okay with because I don't – I think Carlos Rodon's going to be looking for that, whether it's a Rodon or Rodon, who cares anymore. I, I, I'm saying it wrong or you're saying it wrong. I think someone's saying it wrong. I don't but, care. It's probably me. Who cares? No, I think it's me. But still – Rodon wrote off. That guy is going to sign a huge deal, and he's going to suck. It's 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 just clear. It's <laughs> it's clear as day. It was an opt out year for him. He had to sign a two year deal. It's a, it was a, he knew he was going to opt out the entire time. That's why he pitches balls off. I hate that garbage. Don't want anything near. I do not want him. So if it's a one year deal deal for Verlander with an opt out, I'll do that. If it's a one year deal for. Give me somebody else that's available right now that's a free agent. I mean, listen, Tang is going to sign a bigger, longer contract. I don't expect him to sign a short, short-term contract, but th- that's what I'm looking for. Small one-year, two-year, uh, or, or an option year on top of it, but that's it so they can cut ties after a wonderful year and go for a big-time contract. Yeah, one thing about Verlander, why I lean towards preferring to him, as much as we – look, I, I don't want to have to say this every single time, but I guess we have to. I wish they just kept the Grom. I think that's obvious. If you've listened to the first 20 minutes of this podcast, that's what we wanted. Keep the Grom, keep the Grom, keep the Grom. But unfortunately, you have to get to this point where you say, okay, now what? And I evaluate Verlander this way in an important thing that's tough to measure. I'm not worried about him handling New York. I'm not. I think Verlander will handle this city fine. I think he'll handle the pressure fine. He's won championships now. We all know about his brutal track record in the world series i'd love for that to be a problem for us because that means we're in the freaking world series 
But that is one aspect when you sign an elite level free agent or a high end free agent that you don't know. We don't know. We don't know how guys are going to handle the pressure, especially when they're making that kind of money. I don't have that concern over Verlander. So despite how old he is and despite Scherzer and Verlander being reunited a decade later and being reunited when they're really, really old and the uncertainty that both of these guys are going to be able to even get through full seasons, I acknowledge that. Every question around them and their age is absolutely fair. We saw Scherzer as great as he was. Look what happened his last couple of starts. He wasn't the same guy. Like, and he was hurt. That was the other thing. The injuries were starting to pile up. Your age has something to do with that. With that said, I think he is one of the better options that are out there. But look, this is a sad day. Very, very sad day. The Mets and the Nets have this weird connection for me. Um, when the Nets signed Durant and Irving, I know it hasn't worked out for the Nets so far, but when they signed them, it was a big moment, as I'm sure most of our listeners who are Nick fans could understand. And I was at City Field that night. The Mets played the Braves on a Sunday night. And the whole night, I'm watching Mets Braves, and all I could think about was Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, couldn't believe it. And here I am, a couple of years later, in the other arena, the other stadium, Barclays Center for you know an overall mundane Friday night against the Toronto Raptors, a game they won, great. And in the first quarter of this game, late first quarter, I get the other side of the emotions I felt with Durant and Irving, the complete other side, which is the kick in the balls. I would say I now know what a Warrior fan felt like, but it's not a good comparison because they won championships. So no, but losing the free agent, losing the guy that maybe the other fan base is excited about. And look, I hope things change selfishly for the Nets, but the Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant signing has not worked. And I guess I hope that in this case, we will look back at losing DeGrom and say, well, it worked out well. The Mets won a championship. DeGrom was fine in Texas because I have no ill will towards him. I'm not rooting for him to get hurt. I'm not rooting for him to be horrible. I think I'm rooting for him to be good, but not too good, I think is where I'm at. But maybe the full circle is that we look back at this horrible day and say, yeah, we were devastated. Yeah, it sucked that we lost a franchise icon, but we went on and won a World Series the following year. I'm not saying that's going to happen. I'm not predicting it, but that's the hope. And I was thinking about that, the full circle of the definition of excitement free agents that you can't believe picked your team to this and the nets underachieving is actually something i look at right now with hope because i never could have imagined they were going to underachieve after they signed those free agents right just like today i can't imagine things are going to work out after we lost to grom and hopefully like i was on june 30th 2019 i'm wrong about the way I felt December 2nd, 2022. I think that, for the first time, Hoff, was a net analogy that worked. Because <laughs> maybe you could understand that. Maybe it all fits together. Oh, it fits. Still depressing as all hell, but it fits. It fits. <laughs> yes. And just keep this in mind. You guys listening know I love the Nets. I'm a season ticket holder. I left the game with five minutes to go in the second quarter because I was sick. To my stomach. Now, the Nets were up by a lot, but I'm not sure that's the reason I left. It was just, I can't watch this. 
I need to go home. I need to talk to Pete. I need to record a Rico. And maybe this will be the therapy that we all need because today sucks. And I think what's going to annoy me, so I'm going to really have to ignore it, are all the people that say this is actually good because it's not. It may turn out to be good. I understand that. There may be a time in which we look back at this and say, hey, it worked out. This was this ended up being a good thing. But today and this weekend and next week and the week after that, that's not the day to say it. And that's not the day I want to hear it. Uh, we do have a Rico Bronia, another episode. We'll give you another edition. Coming up uh, Sunday night in which Joe DeMeo joins us from PSL to Flushing, at PSL to Flushing, and he's got a podcast he hosts as well, another Met podcast, the Mets Pod. He'll join us. We'll go deep into the farm system, so we'll take your mind off this devastating news. And who knows? We may have another podcast in about 25 minutes. You never know. Maybe we'll pop another one out with new emotions. But obviously, any of your thoughts, you can share it, B at gmail.com. If you're angry with anything I said today, just let it go. All right? I'm a fan and I'm upset. So if you really want to debate the things I said today, what the hell's wrong with you? Really? You want, you want to fight? You want to fight with a fellow Met fan who's just upset, who's just sad? Is that what you want to do? Okay, fine. Do it. I'll write you back. As Craig would say, I'll be your huckleberry. So you can email us, therecob at gmail.com, and obviously tweet us. I am not doing a Saturday show with Joe Beningo, though that would have been entertaining, because I'm going to Sesame Place, where I'm going to take my mind off of DeGrom. Oh, by the way, I did tell my six-year-old, hey, I got bad news. We lost DeGrom. And this was his response. And this is the beauty of kids. He looked at me and said, well, we have lots of other good players, Dad, like Pete Alonzo. Then he starts playing the trumpet, Edwin Diaz. And I was like, you're right. But it still stinks. And he's like, yeah, yeah. He didn't seem that devastated. <laughs> Even though he's got the DeGrom jerseys and imitates DeGrom. He, he was not upset. At, he's not as upset as dad, which is a good thing. I don't want him upset. I want him to be happy and believe that good things are coming. Even though you and I and everyone listening knows the truth, we're destined for failure. Anyhow, thanks for listening to this instant reaction, emergency, whatever the hell you want to call it, podcast, simply known as Jacob DeGrom leaves and we cry. Goodbye. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Rico Bronya podcast. It's amazing, isn't it? Make sure you download it now to keep it on you at all times. <laughs>